This episode of Beyond is brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash podcastbeyond for your free audiobook download. Users lose all sense of reality and enter another world. Remember, do not underestimate the power of PlayStation. What's up, everybody? This is Greg Miller, alongside Colin Moriarty and Andrew Goldfarb. Um, no sense beating around the bush, as I'm sure um, many of you know. Uh, there were layoffs here at IGN last week. Uh, we lost a whole bunch of colleagues and friends, but most notably for you, listener, uh, Powerhouse, formerly known as Ryan Clements, is no longer with IGN. He has uh, left the company. Uh, I talked to Ryan after you know nearly six years with IGN. He said his favorite works were uh, Journey, his Journey review, his uh, Devil May Cry review, and of course his Folklore review. Um, it, you know, obviously, we understand that you know we're, we've all been devastated by this news. We've had time to react to it. For many of you, this is your first time hearing it. We're sorry to break it to you in this fashion, but you know the show must go on. Uh, Ryan is gone, but he is definitely not forgotten. Hey guys, I'm still here. I'm alive. Powerhouse. <laughs> hey Ryan. Beyond. 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 What's up, everybody? Welcome to Podcast Beyond, episode 282. <laughs> I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the Dark Knight of News, Andrew Goldfarb. It's me. Piss poor. Uh, <laughs> Alright, wow. Well. The, the pride of Long Island, Colin Moriarty. Hello. The man, Powerhouse, formerly known as Ryan Clements. Hello, everyone. And then a special guest from another country, Pandamusk. You've all heard him. He animates all the Podcast Beyonds all the time. Beyond and hello. Hello. It, basically, what happened is Ryan Clements got laid off, and Pandamusk is like, this is my shot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is my Ranks chance. Right here. And then he got here, and I'm like, well, we're still going to call him, and Pandamusk like, oh, okay, well, I guess he can be on the show, too. <laughs> hey, Ryan, what's it like not having a job? What, um, it's a little, uh, it's surreal. It's a little yeah. crazy, but I should be, I do plan to bounce back. I'm going to be staying in the industry, uh, and you'll probably be hearing from me very soon and i'm very thankful that you guys uh allowed me to call in and be able to have a proper farewell episode ryan you know that you are always welcome on podcast beyond we love you you are nearly a founder you, you started episode four you've been around forever you you weren't just going to walk off into that dark night and never no, hear from again <laughs> never to be seen i have a that. feeling no, you will I'm... be back on many podcast beyonds of course for episode 300 i'm telling you right now you are 100 percent invited back for the live event you need to be on that panel with us I will do any, anything in my, as long as it is, is okay with my future employers. I will make sure to visit beyond as much as possible. Next I time you totally go to meet your future that. employers, just whip out your dick and be like, "Listen, motherfuckers, I'm Ryan Clements." And he has the Beyond know. tattoo on there, so it'll work out well. <laughs> <laughs> it's right over his pee hole. Well, I was gonna say it looks like be 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 but if he's like ready for things, it's Beyond. <laughs> like, that's, how the, that's how the tattoo works. Get it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. An erection joke, Colin. Yeah, it is. It's good. It's good. I um, understand. Ladies and gentlemen, we are the we are the internet's number one PlayStation podcast for some unknown reason. Thank you for joining us for yet another walk down the crazy ass hole of whatever the hell this well, show. I don't is. even know what you're saying. Well, I've been drinking beers. Good. good go, everybody, go see Twenty One and Over. That's just an out of context. Comment. Are we going to go see Twenty One and Over? I no, just drank with the cast of Twenty One and Over. We did this dumb beer punk thing. Oh, why don't you brag about it a little more? I just did. They 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 did not like welcome me the way I thought they would. I thought they were going to be like, "You're really cool. Come with us and be in the sequel Twenty Two and Over." And I'm like, "Yeah." That didn't happen. <laughs> Wait, did, did how much of this actually happened? The, all of the beer pong with the cast of Twenty One and Over just happened. Yeah, they're in the office today. And it's been a oh. it's been a bad day, Ryan. I haven't had a good day. I'm no. I'm in a cranky mood all day, but I'm drinking beer now. Now I feel pretty good. Panda's here. I started eating a sandwich. I finished the sandwich. Then Panda comes up. He's like, "Oh, you want to go to lunch?" I'm like, "Mother, <laughs> fucker! Why didn't you talk yeah. to me?" 
10 minutes early. An Australian bastard. It's awesome because Greg, I asked Greg to, you know. Here we go. Here to comes go to some lunch. more guilt. You know, sometime. Greg maybe says yes one out of ten times to go to lunch. Right. Maybe. Maybe. I think that's probably even a, a generous a generous number. Um, so, you know, there's that. Also, I don't I know just, where that story yeah, was going. Also, <laughs> that seemed to run out pretty quick. Well, I, it wasn't really going anywhere, you know. Okay. Tomorrow, oh. Panda, are you in the office or are you going to lunch? No, no. I will be uh, out of San Fran. I'm sorry, I'm man. I'll be right. back in a week. So. All right. Then we're going to lunch. Pick sure. a day. We're going sure, to lunch. sure. Can I come? Yes. No. <laughs> Ryan, uh, it's good to have you here. I love you, man. You too. Ryan, how does the show begin each and every week? Man, uh, I think the show uh, once did, now does, <laughs> will forever begin with the Roper Report. <laughs> Time for some news. Hasn't missed a beat that Ryan comments. <laughs> there are 12 items on the list. A dozen. A Let's dozen. Let's cut that a sh- down to six. Thank you, Ryan. Do- a straight dozen. Straight dozen. These are good ones. Just like last week, sir. No, two weeks ago when you told me that I wasn't on last week, but two weeks ago when you told me that they were, and then I won. Uh, I doubted or I guarantee it to, by a score of like 14 to 2. So That seems like an exaggeration. M-Dog, please drop out of school and find out if that was an exaggeration. <laughs> Poor M-Dog. <laughs> I'm just picturing uh, M-Dog like literally pulling his car over the side of the road. It's drive. He's on know. his first date with some beautiful blonde. He's like, <laughs> Takes out a Sorry. Out. Sorry, 17-year-old, I have to do this. She's like, why were we listening to a PlayStation <laughs> podcast to begin with? <laughs> I hope he has an M-Dog mobile. What does that look like? It looks like uh, a dachshund head with the floppy ears that blow in the breeze. Sounds like your car. Yeah, I wish. By the way, I was listening to M-Dog's new update to the podcast Beyond Soundboard. Yeah. Good stuff in there. Mm. Uh, Remember, you can download it for free on iTunes and Android. I forgot the one where it was like the, the you were talking about a, tr- or a boat. And River did, cheese? Well, no, you were talking about a boat, and then I did a noise, and you're like, it's a tugboat. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was really good. I want everyone to know how much we love Podcast Beyond and how much fun we have here, but I also want everyone to know that as soon as I say anything on this podcast, I immediately forget it. This would be like if you just started, if Mike Mitchell started quoting everything I said in our house. Because I just hang out with my best friends. I have no idea what's happening. I'm going to bring it up for you. Okay. Panda, heads up. You're one of my best friends. Oh, thanks. Man. I love you. Yeah, Ladies right. and gentlemen, we always talk about Mike Mitchell. This is your Mike Mitchell moment. Everybody follow at the Mike Mitchell on Twitter. But Mike Mitchell lives the lives the dream of you probably. <laughs> lives the dream that you're. I'm sorry, I'm projecting this dream on you. The dream is that you'd meet us one day, befriend us, and live in our house. <laughs> Mike Mitchell lives that dream. Panda can't live that dream because he's respectable. But I have adventures with Panda, and I love that very much. Here comes here comes some soundboard Let me see stuff. See if I can bring, yeah bring it up. A here. preview. Of the Mitchell Morgan. Yes, S. Moriarty stands tall, ready to defend the PlayStation oh, Shore. It's a tugboat. It's a tugboat. I wasn't expecting a tugboat. You picture a jump. Wait. Ah, God damn, I love this show, and I love you for listening to it. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for being could, part of our lives. Could, could I just say a, a no. big thank you to M-Dog, because he's actually put some of my uh, animations on that on the yes. soundboard as well. And so. he's a, he's adorable about it. He's like, mm. do you mind if we embed yeah, these yeah. YouTube clips? And I'm like, I don't want these YouTube videos getting views. Please don't <laughs> embed them. And then there's somebody else. Somebody, oh, man, I don't have their name in front of me, of course, but somebody else is making another uh, Podcast Beyond app. Not because we compete with M-Dog. Vampire Strike? No, Vampire Strike was the original Podcast Beyond app. That person was driving the bus full of nuns and flipped it. <laughs> and we never heard from them again. They're definitely dead. I forget where we're going. Number one. <laughs> oh, is this show not done yet? No. Also, if you're That's... listening, if somehow the headline tricks you into it, 
We have an interview with Ken Levine coming up where we, we're not <laughs> drunk and we're not a bunch of assholes. Uh, number one. I'm going to write a note real quick. I, I thought you were going to do all sly and then you didn't. Oh, okay. Uh, number one. Yeah, we were supposed to do it last week, I think, but I just forgot. It looks like the next Assassin's Creed game is called Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag. Kotaku has posted a picture of a poster illustrated by Todd McFarlane that's supposed to start running at retailers beginning on March 4th. The poster shows what seems to be a pirate-themed motif and certainly looks a little bit different for an Assassin's Creed game. That's it. What? What was that? you couldn't see Colin's face, but he kind of, his jaw went slack like he was getting ready to talk some shit on Assassin's Creed. And then it just stopped. He thought better of it and pulled back. That's it. That's all I have to say about Assassin's Creed. Now, <laughs> so they just took all the boat, boat bits. I hope so, because those were fun. Yeah, yeah boat, boat bits were cool. That was a basic From what I saw, I still, I still haven't gotten far on Assassin's Creed. I, I still want to get shocking. back to it. I, I'm i not like you. You you played it and you hated it from day, from step one, day one. I played it and I'm I'm still the dude that's not the dude. I'm, I'm maybe, I think, two DNA sequences, three DNA, mm. DNA sequences in. So you're like still halfway through the tutorial. That's exactly. Good. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not far for sure. Number two. Uncharted 3 Drake's Deception has gone free-to-play, or at least its multiplayer modes have. Starting now, you can download Uncharted 3's multiplayer suite, though there are some restrictions. Competitive multiplayer is free only to level 15, and co-op modes aren't free-to-play at all. Going to level 25 costs $4.99, and removing all cap restrictions costs $19.99. Co-op arena is $9.99, and co-op adventure is $11.99. So in other words, Greg, just buy the game. Yeah, that right. sounds complicated exactly. as fuck. Well, it's one of those things... I, I get it. I, I get what they're going for, and it's not a bad idea, right? That They're saying... If you've never played Uncharted multiplayer and you've never been super interested in it, right now you can play Uncharted multiplayer for free. Get a taste of it. And then at level 15 is when you have to start paying. So, yeah, you can play it for free right now, find out it's awesome, get to play, and then you can buy the Game of the Year edition digitally for 40 bucks, mm. which comes with all the DLC. Andrew Goldfarb, I thought I missed you. You are now taping over his mug. I was making some points. This I'm is going to be a good video. I'm listening. What did I say? You were talking all about the pricing models for Uncharted 3. That doesn't sound exactly like what I was saying. <laughs> Number three. Now, you also drew, drew me a note, so there's my response. That's a picture of you giving me fellatio. So I think we'll all find... I love that your hands are behind your head. <laughs> well, how do you enjoy fellatio? He's <laughs> standing like this. No, like... no, I'm doing this. I'm doing one of these. I'm like, yeah. That's not my interpretation of the Well, art. you know what? I guess art's art. Mm. Whatever you want to see from it is what you see from it. Number three. It appears every single PlayStation 4 game will be available digitally, an unsurprising decision considering every PlayStation Vita game is already available digitally. Shuhei Yoshida told The Guardian that Sony is, quote, shifting its platform more and more to the digital side, and, quote, noting that, quote, PS4 will be similar to PS Vita and that every game will be available as a digital download, and some will also be available as a disc. Yeah. Shocking. It's a great idea. We love that. Mm-hmm. I, it, does anyone know? You did the PSN update today. I haven't did, written it yet. Well, you've looked at it. Right. I looked at it briefly when you asked me what this dumb motocross game was, and, mm. I, and then I went and watched the video. I'm like, we don't need to read no, this. No, no, no. Like, yeah. But is Tomb Raider pre-order available? Is that one of the things? Sorry to make you jump. I'm sorry. No. Okay. And I didn't mean to put you on the spot either. But that was my thing is that I hadn't gotten a copy of Tomb Raider yet. I'm like, I should probably just you know order this. I'm like, because I want to give them my money. I already, I've already pre-ordered the deluxe edition of SimCity. It's like I'm down to support my developers. Mm. And so, but I didn't see it on the store. Yesterday, so I didn't know if it was. No, I, I don't think it, I didn't see it. Because they're adding to... some other stuff that's like coming out later, right? There's yeah, there's a lot of games yeah. that are coming out later. Yeah. I, I, that was a tease, Panda. That's what we in the industry call a tease. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, Clements, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. It's just sometimes I forget you're there. <laughs> just want to make sure. I man, I will say it is almost impossible to hear you guys. Oh. You are all talking at one time. We'll try to be better about that. 
hey. it's, it's so when when one person is talking solo, it's crystal clear. And then the moment we all start laughing, it's it, it becomes oh, well, a cacophony. Well, you're not missing anything when we all laugh. It's just all it's happening. like a normal podcast. No, 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 a yuck thought, yuck fest. And if you thought that it was hard to hear, imagine trying to hear a recording of podcast beyond through a microphone through a <laughs> cell phone. Impossible. You should put on your headphones. Sounds like physics. It's physics. It's all physics. Uh, you know what I just realized? You know how there's that Ryan Clement's head hanging from the rafters downstairs over yeah. by Nix's desk? Yeah. We should put that on this phone thing. Ah, oh, that would have been good. We didn't think yeah. it through. Yeah, yeah. We're so, we're so fucking stupid. Let's just start over. Number What's four. What's up, everybody? It's me, Greg. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Number four. When Diablo 3 comes to PS3 and PS4, as Colin Moriarty long predicted it would, it won't support long cross- predicted. It won't support crossplay between Sony's consoles and the PC. This news was shared over at Blizzard's forums, also throwing in that there would be no USB mouse and keyboard support on console. So PCs, Battle.net, and PlayStation Network will remain separate. That's expected. It's yeah. going to be interesting. Can they bring the auction house over? How are they going to make that work? Of course, this is the big Wolfpack move. Remember the Wolfpack, Ryan? I just I love that Colin Long predicted it when like Blizzard originally was like, Yeah, we're working on a console. Long, <laughs> long predicted. Long predicted. Colin Based put, on confirmation from the developer. Colin put out some of that Nostradunimus shit. <laughs> <laughs> I know something, I'm gonna predict it. That don't make no sense. Number five. In an interview with me. Sony Shuhei Yoshida confirmed that each of the 12 Sony studios uh, is outright working on PlayStation 4 games, noting that, quote, it's fair to say, end quote, that all of them indeed are. This isn't a huge surprise, except for the case of a, a couple studios, including Sony Bend, which is known more for its handheld releases. Mm, interesting indeed, yeah. Yes. Shuhei. I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I know Shuhei's listening right now, yeah. and I just, hey, I'm, I'm wondering if it's weird for him hearing us talk about interviews with him. I have it's to like imagine. I have to imagine he's just sitting in his car in the train, and like it goes off, and he just goes. <laughs> he like laughs to himself. It's, he just loves it. There are, he's been. I'm. I'm. Pro, I'm happy. He's so much in this Rover Report. Yeah. He had a great moment on Twitter today. He has, he has many great moments. Shuhei Yoshida, as we've said a million times. Why? Are we, why do we love this man so much? Why do we fucking love this man so much? He's the coolest president you will ever meet. Like yes. on Up at Noon this week, I did a Sony rant, right? And so Brian tweeted about Up at Noon not mentioning the Sony rent, and, and Shuhei retweeted it, meaning either he's just out to support us or he saw it without being told he was in it. And then later on, I tweeted about it in particular. He retweeted that. And then today, I tweeted a photo of me and Brian filming an Up at Noon bit. Didn't mention anything about PlayStation. And Shuhei just responded a quote from it. We won, Greg! <laughs> like, oh, man, Shuhei. Yeah, he's, he's a good dude. Oh, by the way, I uh, tweeted my interview, that little story out, uh, and you know, included him on the tweet about the studios. Yeah, and uh, he retweeted it, so that's pretty much confirmation for me. Uh, True. Yeah, th- there was mm. concern about that, right? Because mm. not concerned, but like because you you had me listen to the actual audio from the interview, right? right. And he you asked him point blank, "Is it fair to say?" And he said, "Is it fair to say?" It's fair to say, which is like, yeah, but he's not like saying, "Yeah, Sony Ben's doing this and this." Right, is right, 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 right. Um, yeah. Watch that pen, buddy. Number six, Kingdom Hearts HD 1.5 Remix is officially coming to the West exclusively to PlayStation 3. The collection will bundle the collection will bundle the original Kingdom Hearts and Chain of Memories, get the HD gloss and come packing trophies. There's no official release date as of yet. Panda, do you care? Not really. I don't really play that that uh, series. You don't play that crap. You can say it. Uh, no, look, I, I didn't mind the first one, but I haven't played any since then. I have bought them. On the on, a, on say another console handheld Nintendo. Sorry, man. You're you're allowed but, uh, to say it. What are you talking go about? about? <laughs> but basically, I mean, I, I, I there I, are I, other consoles. <laughs> I fatigue. I basically got fatigued on the uh, on the series. So, Ryan Clements, do you care? 
Um, it's cool, except I think everybody just, all the Kingdom Hearts fans want a, a decisive conclusion to the series and not just all the spinoffs and the... I'll tell you what, what happens. Mickey and, and Minnie that. have a baby and it turns out to be Cloud. I don't know. And then there's time travel. Oh, that oh. sounds awesome. <laughs> Thank <laughs> that, you. See, that game I would play. Every day I send a new, I send a new pitch letter to Square. <laughs> You're sending him to Ward Spectre. He's like, that's not even what I do. Um, I love how every time Clements talks, all three of us are making eye contact with this little phone device. <laughs> We should have brought his face up here. Uh, Ryan, I, I, you know, you'll be excited to learn that um, Square is going to announce a project at E3, so please be excited. <laughs> please be excited please for E3. Please be excited for E3. I also want to say that, Ryan, uh, I'm, I, I like that the last IGN video you're in is that PlayStation conversation we did about Final Fantasy. That was a, that was a good note to is go Is that the one on. that ends with... Yeah, stay watching. tuned for more of this garbage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for more of this garbage. That was really fun. Please be excited. Number seven... NIS has confirmed that three PlayStation 3 exclusive JRPGs are coming to both North America and Europe in 2013. Disgaea Dimensions 2, A Brighter Darkness, Time and Eternity, and The Guided Fade Paradox will all come to the West in both retail and digital form. And we'll have more on them uh, soon on IGN. I think I'll go hands-on with all of them around GDC. So we'll have uh, maybe a preview soon. Oh, Greg's asleep. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Is it a printy game? <laughs> are we having another good printy portable? Because that printy portable is awesome. Uh, Ryan, back me up. Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> this has been confirmation with Ryan. I won't lie to you. We probably talk more about Ryan during this segment now that he's not in the room than we ever did when he was here. <laughs> Number eight. During a conversation with IGN and other journalists, Shuei Yoshida confirmed that at the USP. Yeah, at USP confirmed that the PlayStation 4 won't be backwards compatible with either PS3 retail or digital games. That means that even downloadable games like Journey or the Unfinished Swan can't be played on PS4 in addition to disc-based PS3 games from series like Uncharted or Infamous. So we knew the latter, but not the former. But it doesn't really surprise me considering the internals of the system are different. All right, so now let's talk about this, though. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Panda, you are not an industry nerd. You are not in it like Mm. us. You're definitely an industry nerd. But you're not, you you know, you don't have to eat and breathe this crap all goddamn day. So how do I feel about that? Exactly. What do you feel about what they're saying there? Um... To tell you the truth, a lot of the I don't really go backwards compatible with a lot of the games once I go Thank to a new you. system. That's one thing. Uh, secondly, I assume through Gaikai or their their, their interest, uh, sorry, their uh, new uh, uh, cloud think cloud based yeah, gaming that 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 that'll probably incorporate the older libraries. I, I, I assume like that's a way of making money for them. You know, of course, that's yeah, why they remove sure. backwards compatibility exactly. on PS3. So, um, and it may be that that's probably going to be there may be a better. Uh, option in the long run anyway if they say like you know you can you can play all the playstation 3 games with a subscription or if you want to buy them off once off at a at a subsidized price compared to the original it, it would be nice for them to say i mean it's they're not going to do it but you know to say if you've owned this game and right. you somehow prove if it, you have you know, some kind of you, or you save see. or whatever then yeah i don't think that's a realistic thing from a money from a commercial point of view for them so. i totally agree with that and i i honestly wouldn't even mind rebuying some of those games mm. i do hope they offer some kind of utility for if you have a save file, you can bring yeah. your save over. That would be the one thing for me. Well, yeah, you hope that for sure. It's yeah. Fun. But, I mean, you, now we say that, right? And then look at PSP versus Vita. Yeah. My Patapon 3 save, unless I'm missing something, is locked on my PSP. I cannot get that off. I've already bought it on See, Vita. Dissidia works, though. My Dissidia save, everything's there. Wait, how did you get it over? Um, oh, I, you're right. There's PSP. I've never yeah. had it. I've never done this before. I take that all back. There, you're yeah. right. There is a way if I get it onto. You put it on your PS3, PS3 first. PS3 and then yeah. bring it over. You're right. Yeah. When there's a will, there's every, a way. Every, Greg. Everybody, calm yeah. the fuck down. I'm pretty right calm. Now, I'm, no, I'm, I mean the kids on the kids listening. They want to kill me. Okay. Because they're all like, well, I had this. I had fucking that damn virus game. Remember that stupid virus game on PSP? No. What virus game was that? Did you, did you download a virus cool. to your PSP? That, that wasn't a game. Greg, I thought you were supposed to do that. 
<laughs> number nine. No, no, we're not done talking about this. Number nine. Do you care about it at all? Like no, it's oh, one no, of those things like somebody wrote in, and for some reason I didn't add it to the list. I think I just saw it maybe through Twitter. A fan of Beyond wrote in and said that if I, that I said back in the day, if they didn't add backwards compatibility PS3 to PS4, it would be like the biggest blunder ever. It would be the most bonehead decision ever or whatever. And he asked me what my thoughts were on the end. In the end, I think when I said it, when I said that it would be a huge you know mistake not to do it, it was totally a PR move, right? Sony being that they're trying to, you know, win back the people they've lost. Trying to they want to get goodwill. They want exactly. to have people support Definitely them. a goodwill yeah. decision. And now that we're here, it doesn't matter that much to me. I guess... I, I, we talk about this all the time, right, that we work in the industry, and we, but even if we didn't work in the industry, we have jobs that pay a real salary, similar to Panda Musk. Right? You have a salary? Mm-hmm. Okay. Good. Not right now. I'm jobless right now. Well, that's weird. <laughs> but anyways, outside of that is that when I was a kid, the next console meant that I traded everything in. That's how I, I did it. So that for me, it would be a big deal as on, on the outside, you know, being in school still, doing all these little things, that here comes the PS4. I'm going to trade in my PS3 and do all these things. But even that said, I don't know right now, I don't know looking at the PS4 what games I'd be like, man, I'm going to buy the PS4 and I'm so excited to play. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what am I going to play? Yeah. You're going to play Killzone, Shadowfall, I guess. Well, no, no. I meant that I'm, what am I going to play from PS3? Well, That's oh, the yeah, point. Yeah, like, yeah, I've yeah. already, Last of Us, there's going to be, Last of Us is what right now? June? June. Right, right, yeah, exactly. Man of Steel Day. June. You figure the, the PS... It comes on the same day as me. I know. I know. I just, a Friday I... release. I don't think we've ever said how stupid that is or crazy that is. It's not even stupid. Remember, crazy. you and uh, you, me and Damon were talking about this, how uh, Sony's going to come out of D3 and announce their new TGIF campaign where all PS4 games are going <laughs> to come out on Fridays. And they're going to bring out the cast of all the TGIF shows to Step announce But you might one. not have gotten the idea. So here comes Harriet <laughs> from Family Matters. Come on! I tell you the best time to buy a PS3 game is on a Friday. <laughs> That's all they say. They say one line. Right before you tune in at 8 o'clock Eastern. Eastern to ABC. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. And if they paraded out Melissa Joan Hart from Sabrina. To yeah, from Sabrina. Place, I would be done. She hasn't aged that well. The pride of Long Island. <laughs> is that true? <laughs> I see her on that Melissa and Joey show. I'm just saying, whatever Clement is envisioning right now, she had a maximum spread at one time. I'm just saying, it's not what we're getting right now. Now, of course, Greg Miller, fat jelly bean. So he has no. He's not throwing <laughs> stones from his glass house. Very much aware. I'm just letting Clements know. If they could bring oh, out Sabrina 25, sure. There we're, now we're set. I just just to go totally off the rails for a second, I that I just logo. I just started talking about <laughs> aging Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I don't think we're going to know any more off the rails. I totally forgot about that old like old Beyond album art Beyond that just album. brought back some memories for me. It post, oh, yeah. If you haven't seen one of our videos ever posted from these podcasts, that you're always worried about the video turning into a video. Uh, in the background, there's a podcast Beyond thing. That's the the world with the. It was from before 250, satellite. before the new logo, basically. Right when we didn't yeah. have a logo, when we yeah. just put up a whole. They're bunch worried of about random. the video becoming a video. Shit. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Oh, well, that's what I was saying, right? That the people who listen to the podcast and are worried about. Oh my god, the podcast is going to become a video. We've been a video for quite some time. Now. That was the other quote I was thinking of that I thought was really funny on the on the soundboard. Let me bring oh, that go, up real quick. It's more stuff. I, I still feel Sorry, like I still in. feel like my ter- my my comments on Melissa Joan Hart are going to be misinterpreted. <laughs> She's still very attractive. I'm just I, saying, I Ryan Clements, if you're imagining Melissa Joan Hart, Sabrina Teenage Witch, slash Clarissa explains it all. She doesn't look... Sabrina the adult. Back me up, Panda Must. They're going to yell no, at me. No. So, <laughs> you're not going to back me up? No, I'll back you up. Thank you. I agree. There's, uh, there, is, there is quite a few uh, that you remember fondly, but don't... I, no, I think she's... I'm just saying that she did... Tara do Reed. you remember when she did that? Oh, Tara Reid. Let's not get started uh, Tara Reed. And Tara Reid's a different category. Like, Tara Reid's a train wreck. Melissa Joan Hart just aged like a normal human being. I love Tara Reid. 
still to this day. <laughs> Here we go. Ready? You have yeah. to remember, Sabrina had those like two attractive ants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was oh my Zelda, god, yeah. Think, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And the one yep. girl, the one ant uh, with the C name, not not in not in uh, the show, but in real life, Carolina Ray. Caroline yeah, Ray. She's a show. She went and took over the Rosie O'Donnell show. Yeah, yeah that's true. Show. Yeah, she was she was hot. Here we go. Um, this is my problem with the whole space opera bullshit is that I'm just walking into a made-up room that's all made up and looks like this, this, it's, it's got good colors. Now, don't get me wrong. The, the CG cutscenes are, like, jaw-dropping. People, yeah. like, I've, Collins, I've mystified Colin. I've said something stupid. You walk into a made-up room <laughs> where everything is made up. Yeah, you go in this video. You go in this <laughs> Again, ladies and gentlemen, M-Dogs, Podcast Beyond App, available on iTunes and Android devices. It's one of those funny what things. What were you where even talking about? I was talking about Halo. I was talking oh, about Halo. Halo. There, yeah, uh, I was talking about Halo. And I stand by it. I didn't articulate it well. There's a reason I write most of the things I say. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I understand. I want you to know right now, listener. If you hate Greg Miller, I totally understand why. <laughs> that I have this pulpit and I say shit like that. <laughs> well, I don't like rooms because there's rooms in them. Number nine. During that same conversation that I alluded to in number eight, Greg. Yoshida also confirmed that he expects remote play between Vita and PS4 to work day one with no exceptions other than camera-based games. Quote, the remote play side will work. End quote. Uh, he said, continuing that quote, we're saying virtually every PS4 game will be playable with PS Vita via remote play. End quote. When further pressed on the issue with comments about previously unfulfilled promises of remote play, which I remember very fondly, yep. uh, both PSP and Vita, Yoshida said that he would, quote, be heartbroken if it doesn't work day one. End quote. I love that comment, but it, this is totally... This isn't even... Once bitten, twice shy. This is twice bitten, three times shy. I don't know. One shot. Still, bitten, still shy. Because uh, remember that. Remember, PSP had a remote play. PSP had a remote play. Yeah. And it never worked right. And it always sucked. It was always lagging and garbagey. And now Vita, yeah, it's like oh, you can play Tokyo Jungle. And even Tokyo Jungle, you're like, this doesn't seem the latency. Even I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm a foot from my system, and it's still not great. It's now if what? it can all work, if it can all work, and this actually is the second screen we detach mode thing, that'll be great. Yeah, and in Shadow of the Colossus, like you, you don't want lag in that game, you no. know, like that's yeah, God, that's, you gotta that's, climb uh... up his legs and stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm. Number ten, the PlayStation Four won't support games in 4K resolution, nor will they focus on 3D. Quote: The PS4, the PS4 supports 4K output, but only for photos and videos, not games. Uh, Yoshida told IGN. Quote: PS4 games do not work on 4K. He continued. As far as uh, this is an end quote. As far as 3D is concerned, he said that quote: It's not a focus. Thank you. Yeah. Good job. About time. And it, I thought there was many read between the lines moments of Sony's conference, and this is definitely a post-conference moment of the same thing. I was just like, we, we fucked up. We're sorry. We tried to shove this down your throats. We're going to get back to making games and doing cool things. But by the way, we still put the PlayStation Move with the controller. That's fine. I'm to- PlayStation Move could be cool now with that. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I, somebody please, Mitchell, write down that quote so that two years from now we can bring it back and haunt It could be it. cool. Yes, write that thing down. Like That's the whole problem with PlayStation Move and why PlayStation Move was an utter failure with PS3. Is that you came out and you showed no hardware that made the hardcore adopt it, and then you made this fucking stupid bet on the casual... Oh, people who buy, buy a Wii are looking for HD visuals. Like, my mom knows the Wii looks like shit. No, she doesn't fucking understand that. So you make this bet on them that they're going to go out and buy it, and you don't. So you're serving neither audience. You're making terrible party games that nobody wants, and then none of the hardcore games anybody wants. If it's in the controller and you can do it in a cool way, and it's optional, then I'm, I'm, I'm excited for it. It's going to be interesting, maybe. We'll see. It's going to make the controller more expensive. Well, that's true. Well, can you guys hear me chewing? No. No? No. What are you eating? Yeah. What, what, are you having that <laughs> penne pasta? Are you eating almonds? Penne pasta? No, I'm eating... It's an Indian treat. It's called chuckly. Oh, I'm glad you told us what it was. <laughs> 
I was going a different direction. What what is it what does it uh consist of? Um it's basically like a fry it's kinda like a potato chip except tastier, I guess. Uh yeah, I'm always eating potato chips being like, these suck. <laughs> yeah. If only there was some taste in These potato chips fucking suck. Yeah, Greg's like I popped and then immediately stopped. Uh, Pringles. That's, that's, you good. that's good. That's good. That's good job. Number eleven. Sony yeah. has confirmed that its price cut of Vita in Japan is for Japan only. Ooh. The West shouldn't be expecting a price cut on the handle anytime soon. Womp womp. Um, one of the reasons Shuhei told uh, me and a few others when we were kind of asking him questions uh, right after the PS4 reveal was that it brings the Vita more into price parity with the, what it costs in the West. Um, that it was inherently more expensive, but everything's really inherently more expensive on the software and hardware side in Japan. So that's not a satisfying answer for me. I mean, did he talk at all about the fact that the 3G and Wi-Fi model are identical now? Like, no, I didn't, I didn't that, ask. That, to me, is the weird part of that price drop. Like, it's like, why, right. yeah, yeah. why have two SKUs then? Why not only sell the 3G one? Because they have a data that they can probably, they're probably making a, a, a rip on every, all the data plans sold. Number 12, Sony has admitted that it's flexible on PS4 pricing. Quote. The architecture choices we have made this time around has allowed us not to create dedicated factories and conducting factories and things like that. So that helps in order for us to provide an affordable price to consumers, said Shuhei Yoshida. Jeremiah writes in the Beyond at IGN.com just like you can. He says, hey guys, Beyond. 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 My friend and I were having a disagreement about the price of the PlayStation 4 at launch. I say it's going to be around $400, and my friend says $540. Over the course of the day, we worked out a bet. Then he goes on to just be like, you guys ever bet about things? That's not, that's not the question. Uh, Colin, mm. what do you think the thing is going to cost? Three ninety nine ninety nine. Andrew Goldfarb. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think it's, let, me, let me qualify that by saying that if they don't hit that price point and they're higher, Microsoft will hit that price point. So I think three ninety nine. dollars Panamas. Uh, $3.99, but if they go less, that's amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Ryan Clements. I'm afraid it might be more than that. I think it might be like 450 or something. I think I think that you, uh, Jeremiah. I think you are both going to be correct. I think there's going to be a skew that's 399, and then I think there's going to be a skew that's 499. Maybe. Do, do you think it's realistic they'll do a pack in with a Vita? No, not at long. No, yeah. It's I one agree. of those things. This 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 system well, is already pushing so much power. It's, mm-hmm. it's got to, like you're talking about the controller is going to be expensive. Yeah. It's probably going to have to have that camera bundled in with it, which. They Sounds said, crazy. They said it is, I think. Oh, good. I'm sorry. Yeah. PlayStation like, 4i, it's called. There's yeah. so many goddamn fucking stories oh, course, out right course. now. So much like misinformation. Can, can I ask, have they released any more information about the i? What, it, what it's going to do? Is they put out the specs on it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he talked about it when we were talking to him, uh, but I let Scott Lowe handle that since he understands sure. technology. Uh, I mean, to me, I don't think there will be a native bundle from Sony that has a Vita in it, but you know, like, Sam's Club and GameStop, and, you know, there will be retailer bundles. I think there will absolutely be a native bundle day one. No, PS, With Vita? No, PS4 and Vita. Yes. I'll take that bet. Yeah. Pizza yeah. online. Damn it. Mitchell Morgan. Podcast Man episode 282. <clears throat> Greg says no native bundle. You always PS4. speak up before I can Well, I'm louder than you. That's how I get you. That's true. Mitchell Morgan. But Sarah, are you faster than me? Find out next week. We are doing. A, we are having a running competition at IGN to determine the fastest man at IGN. It's me versus Andrew Goldfarb. The fastest man alive at IGN. Uh, I, I just want to say that you know my instincts about PS4 and Vita speaking to each other intimately uh, were true. That sure. Sony's not worried about Vita because it's going to have connectivity, you know, uh, with PS4. And the guy from Gaikai said, you know, that the, it is the perfect companion device for PS4, at least in premise. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if uh, PS4 came out with Vita at $600 or something like that. And I wouldn't be surprised if the commercials for PS4 
played up in a major way its connectivity with Vita. They will thinking, never hit 599. They they will never hit 599. 599. Yeah, US yeah but that's different. Yeah. That's the, the, we can make fun of them saying like it's 599 dollars again, but it's a it's a it's a. Coins has got to eat. A crocodile has comments. <laughs> it, it, it's coming with a handheld. You know, like I know what you're saying, but you have to understand the mainstream perception of that. Yes, it will be that people will see, and the prices range from 399 to 599, and they will queue on the 599 bullshit. They won't. And they won't think of it like an iPad. They won't think of it like this. They're gonna. It's not the same market. They're not hitting the same points. Yep. Everyone's we'll going to talk about the bigger bundle. Like we will it, see. We will see. Me eating that yeah. cheese pizza in the bathtub. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Jesus. That's it for the Roper Report. Oh, that's the end of the Roper Report. Right? That was a good one. Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> um, I feel like it's entertaining you while you're your chutney chips. Hey, Greg. Yeah. You know what that Roper Report made me want to do? What's that? Listen to an interview with Ken Levine. Oh, would you like to insert that right now? All right. Let's do it. All right. Hey everybody, it's me, Greg, from the future. I've come back to edit the show and insert this line. I forgot to mention that during the Ken interview, sadly, you'll notice some parts where the audio goes totally wonky, like we've talked about before with IGN. There's some static. There's some echoey stuff. It's all, like, passing glances. If you just if you just stick it out for a few seconds, it'll eventually go away. It's not horrible. If you need to skip it, we understand. Love you. There's an article on IGN with all the videos with the crap edited out of it. So if there's, you know, the whole... You can go watch it on IGN.com. But otherwise, enjoy this interview with Bioshock Infinite's Ken Levine. That's right, everybody. Here we are. Podcast Beyond talking to Ken Levine. Bioshock Infinite. Ken, how are you? Hey, guys. Nice nice to talk to you today. No, no. Thank you for stopping by. Andrew Goldfarb has been talking about Bioshock Infinite (laughs) literally the entire time I've known the boy. That's true. Literally nonstop. Uh, Andrew Goldfarb and I spent some quality time in L.A. together, so... That's true. We have fond memories of those chats. Did he, did he show you pictures of his apartment with all these framed Bioshock things he has? His desk covered in Bioshock toys? <laughs> Is there an Elizabeth love pillow? There's not. You know, if you marketed that, that could be something that would happen. Someone at Geek right now is sitting down and making it. But that's the funny thing. Putting that into production. That's the funny thing about Bioshock, though. It's like, I feel like I've been talking about this game, and God, I'm sure you obviously feel that ten times more. It feels like I've been talking about this game for so long, and that's why it's so weird. Like, this game is gold. It's done. It's actually happening. Like, how weird does that feel that this is all actually coming to fruition? Um, yeah, it, 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 it's, it's odd because, you know, you work on these things for a very long time and they just become part of your life. And I remember I was driving home the day before I flew to L.A. to, to, show, to the hands-on event that, that, that we were talking at. And um, I was like, oh, my God, wait a minute. I just did my last real day of production on Bioshock Infinite. And, it, you know, I've been working on it for several years. So that was odd. And I, wasn't, I still don't really quite know what I what I think of that because it was such part of my life. I think because I'm still working on the press stuff so much um, and the marketing stuff to, you know, to get the message out, it, it still, I still feel very deeply engaged, but like I haven't, you know, um, it's not like the production, it's very different from the production job, which is, you know, writing and, 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 and directing and all that kind of stuff. So um, I'm not really sure how, how I feel yet. I'm what I, The only thing I'm really certain about is I just can't, you know, nobody's played... People haven't played the game to the end yet. You know, we've basically people played a small fraction of it. You guys have played a small fraction. I'm just looking forward to the conversations that start when people get through the game because I think that 
I think a lot of people sort of have the sense they think they know what the game is about, and that sort of changes every time we show it. You know, one time it was, um, when we first showed it, people were like, this is a game about um, right-wing American politics, and the next, and, and which is a completely understandable reaction to what we showed. Wait, is it and not that? Because I'm about to cancel my pre-order. <laughs> I thought that's what I was getting. <laughs> I, I think we've already got some people canceling their pre-order over that feeling. Um, but then the next time we showed it was... Um, you know, people thought it was. They started to see more about it, that. It was like you know these these multiple realities and Elizabeth's ability to open these tears, and they you know like well that's what the game's about. And, and then the next time they saw it, they thought it was about politics and and entirely about politics and about uh, sorry racism and religion. And it's another theme of it, it's another thread of it. But they're all really tied into something a larger conversation. That that's what I'm really looking forward to hear. You know how people start to. You know how it impacts on people and, and what they end up thinking it's about. In the same kind of conversations we have with Bioshock One about, you know, you start you go in thinking it's one thing, and um, and the conversation goes in a different direction um, once people get to the end. So it hasn't made the game hard to market. I know that you know there was a kerfuffle when you released the box art, and people were like, "It looks like everything else." And you you came out and were very you know honest, and that was awesome, and said that. This is, you know, what it is for people who don't understand what Bioshock is. Has that made it hard to sell Infinite? Yeah, well, look, you know, you sell... You know, I remember seeing a, um, an ad for... A TV ad for Skyrim, which I thought was actually really, really interesting. Because do you guys remember the ad where it's like everybody's running in one direction and, and they're in terror, and then this one guy sort of marching in the other direction and he confronts this dragon? I, I vaguely and, remember this, I think. I don't think I saw that. Go for it as watch. And what's TV. interesting about the ad is, you know, when you as a gamer, when you think of Skyrim, what do you think of? You think of big open worlds and character growth and all a million different quests. They didn't market any of that in the TV ad. They just they give a very basic fantasy, which is you're a badass who can fight dragons, and you're you're, you're and you're brave when everybody else is afraid. And it worked, I think, because you only have thirty seconds or whatever, and you really have, and or a box cover, you only have, I mean, how many pixels on a box cover? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you do the best you can to get the idea across in in a simple way, um, but you're gonna leave stuff on the table in terms of telling people what the product is about, and that's what you know, that's what these conversations are about. These are about, you know, really getting to depth on what the game is, where you know, a a you know, six inch by eight inch or whatever a box cover is a much tougher proposition to do that in. I mean, is it hard not really having that elevator pitch then for Bioshock? I mean, it, it's, it's, there's no way to kind of succinctly describe this game, you know what I mean? Like, how do you feel like you can, you can get that out to there's people? There's this girl, and she's guarded by a bird, and you're going to go get <laughs> <laughs> well, Yeah, I mean, look, there's a very simple elevator pitch, right, which is that you play this, for, this sort of badass former Pinkerton agent who owes money and makes a deal to go to the city, this floating city in 1912, and find this woman and get her out of there, and it turns out she's this sort of cosmically powered individual, and you get caught up in the middle of this of this conflagration. And, you know, that's the elevator pitch, right? It's very simple, but does it tell everything about the game? Absolutely not. It tells us a tiny fraction of of, of, of the experience. And you know, there's going to be people who played Bioshock games before who sort of know the kind of you know, in the same way that the elevator pitch for Bioshock One is, you know, you're Robinson Crusoe, right? You're you know, it's a playing it, it's it's a shipwreck story. And you end up in this crate, in this insane place, and you have to struggle to survive. But is that the whole story of Bioshock One? You know, of course not. But um, I, I kind of I made peace with that. You know, if I was to tell, if I was to make games that you could pitch, 
in a sentence, and it would be all-encompassing. I, I don't think I'd enjoy making those kind of games, um, but we do have to try to figure out a way. How you know? How do we distill that? Um, you know, down to a simpler message when you have these limited formats like a box cover or a TV ad. Um, how do you how do you choose what you talk about? Um, but that's why I love press because you know we can sit here and talk about you know the product in way more in depth. You're making me blush. Yeah, we, stop. we love you too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, because of that, because it's kind of hard to communicate everything that this game is. Do you have concerns about when it comes out and when people are sitting down and they're like, man, I can't wait to shoot some stuff. And then there is like all these things about racism. You know, are you prepared for like the blowout on Fox News about this racist game and all like the weird stuff that's going to be coming out from this? You know, honestly, uh, you never know, right? You never know. But the truth is, is that um, for Bioshock 1, remember Bioshock 1, you know, you, you didn't. We didn't exactly put on the box featuring infanticide. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> It, but but a lot of people were concerned about that, and I and you know and mostly gaming journalists. They're like, oh my god, when so and so finds out about this, or you know when people learn about this, they're going to freak out. Aren't you afraid of that? And uh, you know, so I sort of have a dual layer response. The first one is, yeah, of course, you're always nervous that you're going to end up getting, you know, some clown who doesn't actually know anything about video games or actually wants to have a conversation. You know, they will actually just want to, you know, they want to bring you on TV and and turn you into into a target on a very right. shallow basis. Yeah, you're always concerned about that, but. I can't, how can you as a creator work from fear? You can't work from fear. You have to work from from your passion, you know. And I think that the reason it didn't happen on Bioshock 1, the reason we didn't have that kind of um, mainstream press like freak out, is because the game demonstrated it's that it was about, it wasn't about that, that it was necessary to tell that story. And we, and we, and we sort of portrayed that aspect of it in a way that wasn't exploitive, that just sort of got the idea across of what you were doing, and you knew what you were doing, and you had this sort of emotional connection to what you were doing, and it resonated with the story of the world. And the same way with how we deal with all the issues in the game, it's never about saying, oh my God, let's just push on this racism topic till it explodes. It was, what is necessary to tell the story? What gets the idea across? And every time we do something, it's um, it, it's a... Um, it's a choice to make sure that we're telling the story we want to tell and not doing something exploitive um, because that's not the goal. It's the goal is to tell a particular story and get an emotional reaction. Ken, you're one of my favorite people to talk to, so now I'm buttering you up. You're one of my favorite people to talk to because you, you, tell, you have these like rich answers that you can get lost in, and you have a dreamy voice too. But, but that's beside the point. Do you, you're talking a lot about story, right, and all these things you put into your games and you know what Bioshock Infinite is going to be all about when people sit down to play it. A lot of talk all the time right now, you know, about how there's the one, the spectrum. There's mobile games, then there's AAA games, and everything in the middle is falling away. Do you are you worried at all about where the industry's going? Are we still going to have these avenues to tell these great stories, or, or is 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 the ninety nine cent model or the free to play anything trying to ruin anything? No, look, look, I, this goes back to you know when we were working originally when Irrational started, we were sort of making these you know million dollar, two million dollar, three million dollar budget games for the PC only. And um, there was a lot of concern and a lot of teeth gnashing at the time, like, oh, my God, you know, that that's going away. And, and in reality, it was going away in the sense that nobody was going to go out and spend 50 bucks on a game that, you know, somebody spent $2 million to develop when you can go out and, you know, buy some giant extravaganza that they spent $30 million on. 
And I recognized that, you know, in like 2004, 2005, and, you know, I sold the company to Take-Two with the understanding that we would get the funding to do um, Bioshock 1 on the scale that we believed was necessary to sort of express the idea, the artistic idea of it, which is, you know, there's a lot of art assets. It was a quite a, you know, I think the artist did a beautiful job with it, but that took, you know, a certain amount of money to, to make happen. And we needed the time to develop the narrative and all those other things. And at the same time right now, we're sort of heading towards a transition and um, and figuring out what the future is always complicated. And honestly, guys, I don't pretend to know what that future is. The I had a friend a couple of years ago who I, who I I love dearly and trust dearly, but we had this sort of debate. He was in social gaming at the time. And he said, well, Ken, you know, this is it. Facebook games are the future. And I said, you know, dude, don't mistake the present for the future because, you know, things, things can change. And, and it doesn't necessarily mean that the thing you want to have happen is going to happen, but the thing that's happening today has already happened. And so um, that is it. So who knows what's going to happen in the future? The only thing I'm pretty confident about, the only thing I'm confident about is that people, no matter what the platform is, no matter how people pay for it, no matter how they consume it, they want quality. And um, so, like always, you know, rational or myself, whatever, we're, you know, it's, I will fight to make sure that whatever I work on has the, at least the resources to achieve quality. I can't say I always succeed in achieving it. But if you don't have the resources to achieve it on that particular platform, then you, you really, it's really challenging. You know, we are a PlayStation podcast. I feel like I have to ask PlayStation-specific questions. PlayStation lightning round questions. <laughs> uh, no, number one being Move. You know, uh, it's, we heard about it a while ago. I think I was at the E3 2011 talk. Um, now, you know, it's on the box art. Um, so Move is still in the game. I mean, can you talk at all about, you know, why you made that decision and, you know, what you feel like that adds to the to the experience? So, yeah, I mean, we talked about this a little bit at E3 when we sort of first announced it. You know, Sony's been an extremely good partner to us in this. They really believe in the title. They sort of have featured us at their own events, you know, with their first-party titles. Um, they've been really behind the title and enthusiastic about the title and, and, and you know, putting us on stage at E3 and stuff like that. You know, they really care about it, and they've given us a huge amount of support and attention. And conversely, you know, with their support, I think the, the PS, you know, I think the quality of the PS3 port of Bioshock 1 had some had some challenges, I think, um, relative to the, to the quality of the other platforms. And with their support, I think the, I think the PS3 version is, is an excellent version of the game, um, an excellent version of the game. And of Bioshock Infinite, and um, you know, move is just move. You know, there's some added benefits on the PS3 version in terms of you know the move, the move support and the um, you know in in the states you get a free copy of of Bioshock One with the game. Um, and um, uh, in terms of move, it, to me, it's it's this kind of thing that there are people. A, there's two kinds of people. There's people who love move, and there's people who are afraid of a traditional controller. So maybe they'll try. A first-person shooter using a different type of interface that's more comfortable for them. And, um, so, to me, I always want to make sure that whatever we did, we made a game that worked for the traditional gamer who's not interested in motion control, who's not interested in any of those things, but just they just want to play the game. They don't want to hear about motion control. They don't care about them. They just want to have their controller and play the game, play first-person shooters the way they always have. And we completely support that. We were, you know, with Sony support, able then to add on top of that the ability to play it with Move, 
and for me, that's you know strictly a win. That you know the support Sony gave us not only enabled move, it enables to do other things on top of that and just make the game overall better. You know, like yeah. the quality, with, you know, the, the sort of you know support they the kind of support Sony can give. Just make it better than game when it's prepared. Everyone wants it. Is a feature for those people who who want that. You know, I, I've been thinking about the problem of and one problem we have as 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 game as game developers is if you look at guys my age, you know, I'm like 46. I'm, a, I'm an old fart, and uh, <laughs> people my peers quite often don't. If you give them a, a controller and you say play a you know an FPS, they just don't have the vocabulary to ha- know how to use that controller. You know, what I'm saying? I started thinking recently about. Novels when they came out in the 1800s originally appeared. Most people were not literate back then, right? So the novels meant nothing to people back then and couldn't read. They read it and had that same thing that video games don't really mean anything to people who can't play them in that way. They see them and they appreciate them. And I do a lot of press where like, I'll go on NPR or something, and you have a guy who's really excited about the game and the visuals and the story, but the, you can't really, he's not going to really be able to play it through with the controller because. It's a barrier for him, um, and as you know, as sort of my generation, you know, grows old, dies, and turns into Soylent Green, and and you know, younger people come up. Um, Wait, we're going to eat your generation? Really <laughs> is that what's happening here? I, I, I am tasty, so I, would, I, would, I, would I have to say, I'm really, tasty. I'm really impressed. Greg understood a Soylent Green reference. What the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know the. Um, the, or probably that reference alone dates me. Um, the, um, <laughs> the, um, you know, the, the, the people, the kids coming up today, they just grow up with an iPad in their hand. They grow up with a controller in their hand. So we have that literacy in the future, and that's really going to change things. I think in terms of gaming being a mainstream proposition, because the literacy problem will go away. And so it, it's another way, it's another angle to literacy for people who don't have that controller literacy. Mm-hmm. And if more people play the game, hey, that's a good thing, right? Yeah, totally. All right, sure. next PlayStation, PlayStation question. You took your day off, now you're right under the PlayStation right? You're doing Bioshock beating I'm a huge fan of Vita. Now I'm a huge fan, and then I heard that um, you can stream games to your Vita from your PS4. Yeah, it can be like a sensory experience, and we're like the Wii U game you Which I love, because I love, I'm not a couch guy, I'm either, like, I like the couch, I do the couch, but I'd rather lie in bed and play something. Sure, sure. And so I have all these, you know, my iPad and all these things by the bed. To me, that's great to play like full, full, you know. So, so in terms of, um, of Bioshock, you know, that is, you know, I, I, as I said before, that's sort of out of my hands right now. That's with the business guys and negotiating that sort of business deal and trying to make that work for both sides. And I, I've got my fingers crossed that that's going to happen because, Something I want to do, um, but you know, until somebody like starts signing the checks, right? Um, something I can do. Yeah, and and for I, for me, I, I get a swimming green reference, I guess, but it's <laughs> Andrew. But for me, uh, like talking about business side, right? So it would be one of those things where is it that you have an idea for what you'd want to do with it, but obviously you're not going to act on it until everything's like signed, pretty much. Like you're not in pre-production. Right. Yeah, it, well, yeah. Somebody, I've got you know people to pay and stuff, so like I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for thinking of them. 
like I go to him, hey dude, hey, do you guys want to work on this and not feed your family? Um, <laughs> that'd be awesome. Um, so you no, know, no. Look, at the end of the day, I work for you know, um, I work for a company. So I work for Take Two, and and if they've if if we're gonna do a game, they need to be able to fund that development, and right. they need to make sure they have a deal in place that makes sense for them and makes sense for Sony and all those things. And that's not a, that's a part of it. Thank God that I'm you know I used to do when I was ran Irrational before I sold it. Um, you know when I ran the business side of Irrational, which you don't do after you sell the company. Thank God. Um, that's something I used to have to do all the deals and all the contracts. But right now I'm sort of just a an observer of that, and I sort of tell them, look, this is something we'd like to do. Can you try to make it happen? And, of course, Take Two, at the end of the day, has to has to work for them financially. It has to work for Sony financially. Um, and so they're just all working it out, and hopefully it will it will come to fruition. I mean, you mentioned remote play with the, the Vita and PS4. Um, so it, I assume you watched that conference. Um, just high level, I mean, what do you think about PS4? Like, what did that communicate to you? Um, and, and is it exciting to finally be able to talk about that next gen as a thing that exists? Well, one thing I think that that Vita thing demonstrates is something I've been thinking about for a while, which is the notion of being tied, your gaming experience being tied to a particular location, you know, like mm-hmm. to a particular machine, you know. And that's like, you know, one of the first great things I think we've seen when, like, Valve, you know, when Steam came on board, um, all of a sudden, like, your particular machine, which you had spent all this investment installing games on and save games and all that stuff, that became, that problem went away. And all of a sudden, it was like, I wasn't afraid to buy a new PC. I wasn't, I could be on the road with a, you know, with a game, with a company PC and, you know, like in England or something, I'm like, oh, I want to play XCOM and I can download it, you know, from my Steam account. And the same way, I don't want to be tied to, I, I'm not a fan of being tied to a particular piece of hardware to have an experience. And that's why I love that the Vita can become an extension of, mm-hmm. of the PS4. And I think that's really important because, you know, with other media, whether it's film or, or TV, you're not tied to a particular physical device. You know, you can sort of experience that in a broad range of devices. You know, you have a mo- especially now, you know, you watch, you want to watch a movie? It's like, oh, do I watch it on TV? Do I go to the theater? Do I watch it on Netflix? Do I watch it on my phone? You know, like right, it's right, like right. a huge range. And I think that's, you know, the interface for those are simpler, so that's easier to do. You know, a start button is, is you, know, a, you know, the VCR-style controls are pretty easy to put on almost anything. Um, so there are some interface challenges, but um, I think it's a good sign. I think it shows Sony understands that element of the universe, that gamers want to do what the gamers want to do, and our job is to facilitate that experience, like from a physical standpoint, like they, like they don't necessarily want to just sit on the couch and play this. They may want to right. go somewhere else. They may want to leave the house and maybe play it. I don't know if that's the current plan, but ideally, that's where eventually things go. Did you did it strike a chord with you when Sony came out and they were talking about the PlayStation Four and they say you know that it's a it's a system for game des- game developers by game developers like they you know and then they put up their little video with Tim Schafer and all these all other the sexy pebbles guys. and polygons <laughs> well yeah they, they were talking that, like, basically you know that they were listening and it's going to be this kind of like PC interface rather than this complicated cell thing did that get you get you excited I mean with the possibility of what that system can do yeah look look I think the cell thing was a an interesting experiment and it. it it, 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 from a practical level, it, it, it added some challenge um, because you know it, it's not that it's not not a reflection of the quality of the cell. It, it's just that more. It's a different style of, of, of game development in terms of from a technical standpoint, um, and so it, so you sort of were developing for very for platforms that were quite different in a lot of ways when you're developing for um, Xbox and, and PC and, and PS3, and that added. Um, development time, and if, mm-hmm. it, you know, if they were all cell, you know, the approach that would have been 
a different thing because then you still you have one form of development, but you really had two different, very very radically different kinds of, of development um, forms you had to take on, and that added some complication. Um, and so I'm pleased personally as a developer to see that we're getting back to sort of a single approach uh, because again I'm not a I, I think gamers, you know, want to play the game, and it's about, you know, what is the software you have on it? What are the features you have on it? That, what are those things like? You know, hey, stream to your Vita. Um, you know, like the, um, you know, having, you know, how they're thinking about being able to have a separate processor to go, you know, for uploading videos and stuff like that. Um, if I recall, if I, 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 I've been on press stuff, so I've, I've had a, a minimal interaction with the, the conference in terms of all the details. Sure. Of it. Um, and um, but I think that's a very positive direction. It shows a lot of maturity on, on, on Sony's part that you know that they've been, uh, they've heard they've listened to the developers and are going to um, going to be taking that approach. Do you feel like you know based on that share button, based on the idea that people are going to be able to play a game and upload you know a clip of whatever they want to Facebook and I think it's what Facebook and UStream and whatever else? Yeah, is it a little weird you know coming from the perspective of like you know and, and especially for Bioshock, you guys have like kind of been putting out footage and you can really think about what people see and what's out there and then now suddenly people can you know do whatever weird shit and put and upload it themselves. Like, is it a little weird kind of having that control in the gamers' hands? Oh, I mean, look, we put the thing out there, right? And then it's, then it belongs to, you know, once they, well, and I'm not saying this from a legal perspective, like, you know, an IP perspective, please don't, don't have some, I hope some lawyer didn't call me and say, you, well, you, you just said that everybody owns <laughs> Extra, <Bioshock."> extra, um, <laughs> Ken Levine says. <laughs> Ken Levine says, but, but in terms of, from a creative standpoint, you know, you put work out there and at that point it becomes, it stands on its own as it is and. If somebody does something or mods something or changes something or makes a video or cuts something together, that's their expression of it, and it's not my expression of it. But that's fine. I'm like I'm. What, that doesn't impact my, you know, my team's initial artistic expression. I, look, I get excited when I see fan art, when I see cosplay. I mean, you know, you guys know that about me. I mean, I hired a cosplayer to be the face of the game. You know, um, and that's. Um, I think that's great. I think that's a. It's a sign of. Um, of maturity when you have an audience that cares enough to really sort of put their own mark on things. Well, Ken, final question before we let you go. What's Troy Baker like, like in real life? He's dreamy. <laughs> <laughs> There's this video um, we have that's going to be in, in the game showing us recording um, that Will the Circle Be Unbroken song. And it's me and Courtney and Troy and it, or more to the point, it's like these two beautiful people and something that looks like an arakai from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I mean, um, and, and they're sitting there and they're beautiful and they're singing together and I'm sort of like hunched over looking like, you know, nerd 101. And um, <laughs> they were lovely people to work with. They, they were both pleasant and engaged and completely, completely um, committed to the process. And that's not always the case with the voice actor. Like, I was putting them on planes over and over again, flying them out to Boston. Um, they were just so committed to this thing, and it was really uh, an incredible experience. And Troy brings an incredible amount of knowledge from working on a lot of games. Um, mm -hmm. And Courtney didn't bring knowledge from working on games, but it came with an incredible set of instincts, um, uncanny instincts about how games work. And... Um, I think that it was certainly one of the highlights of me working on this game is working with two actors as committed as they were and building that kind of relationship with them. Awesome. Well, thank you for the time today. We definitely appreciate it. And it's All exciting. Right, um, in Bioshock of it, it's March 26th. 
That it is. For real, set in stone. For real. <laughs> okay. For, unless, you know, barring some, me- and, uh, some meteor hitting, um, for real. Like that would ever happen again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, too soon. <laughs> well, Ken, thank you for your time. Before you go, give us a beyond. 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 Man, what a good interview. Yeah, that was that was really good. I, I, I talk in that interview, and I'm like, oh, man, Ken Levine's so great, and I love talking to him. And he, he does have a really interesting – he's one of those guys – he's a Dave Fenoy, as I say. Or Dave Fenoy could just sit there and read the, the back of a battery box, and I'd be like, yes, tell me yeah. more. Tell Ken, me more about the alkaline. Ken Levine. <laughs> um, What's that copper top all about, Dave Fenoy? <laughs> so I'm just, I, I spent the day yesterday at Irrational. There's uh-huh. uh, going to be some, some more from Mr. Levine on IGN mm-hmm. very, very soon. Very, very tease, soon. Tease, tease, yeah. tease. That's what we call him, Panda Musk. You yeah. probably didn't know that. The yeah. teaser? Yeah. I heard you guys talking about it before. Yeah. <laughs> you know what else? You know what else? <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny that you bring up the Ken Levine interview you wanted to oh, answer. Because oh. you know what else would be good? What's that? A word from our sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by Audible, a provider of audiobooks with more than 100,000 titles to choose from. For listeners of Beyond, Audible is offering a free audiobook download when you sign up for a free 30-day trial. If you're not already quoting from it every day, may we suggest checking out Ready Player One by Ernest Cline. It's like The Matrix mixed with video games, Star Wars, and transforming Japanese robots. And we love it. To get started, head to audiblepodcast.com slash podcastbeyond and follow the instructions to get your free audiobook. On with the show. I, I'm, I, yeah, I have another one I want to hear. All right. Well, what's the other ad you want to hear? No. That's, are we recording? Yeah. Oh, okay. We started recording. Uh, and you're like, there's another thing I want to hear. <laughs> uh, I would also like to hear, uh, wait, I, I forget what the segment was called, but Ryan Clements has something to say, I believe it is. Ladies and gentlemen, every so often there's a man who used to work at IGN named Powerhouse, formerly known as Ryan Clements, and sometimes he has something to say. Right now I'm hoping he can talk long enough for me to go to the bathroom and get more <laughs> beer. Yeah, I could probably do something like that. All right. Colin, you cut him off if you want to get to the list of upcoming software okay. from all three PlayStation editors by the PlayStation platform. Jeff Rubin said. <laughs> that didn't go well. Um, what the hell is going on? take it away. So I'm just talking about stuff? Yeah. Well, uh, we, can pro- we, can, we can give you I, – I can, I can give you topics if you'd prefer. Well, I just let's just bring up a, an old debate that I would like to – you know, that kind of came to my mind right now as I pace the – the halls of my apartment. Tupac and Biggie? Uh, <laughs> no. Um, I'm, I'm thinking about the debate between dark chocolate and milk chocolate. Ugh, okay? Dark chocolate. Um, think, I'm, I'm thinking that milk chocolate is going to take, take the lead here, except once in a while you just get in the mood for dark chocolate and you say to yourself, I just need to have dark chocolate. You yeah. can't have any milk chocolate. That's basically all I have to say. <laughs> That's a riveting debate. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like both. I, I I occasionally go for some dark chocolate. Yeah, there you go. I mostly do go Goldie, with milk. Goldie, when um, can you give a time for when your uh the the your stuff uh from Irrational can is going live? Uh, it, it'll be all throughout the next few weeks. Uh, the first thing will be this week though. Okay. But we have a Are lot. We have a lot coming. Are you allowed to say if you played any more Bioshock or not, or is it a no comment? Um. Well, I mean, sort of. I, I nothing beyond what we had already played. Beyond. So I, I, we were there with with the the final build of the game, but but didn't. Well, I guess that's one little thing, maybe, but no, not really. We we didn't really uh, jump into because I wouldn't want it, right? I, I don't really some, want to spoil that's that some answer. for myself. <laughs> well, I'm trying to dance around with. There, there's one thing from later in the game beyond what we had played yeah. that um, you may have previously seen at the VGAs. Uh, that's part of what the content we did is. Cool. But uh, other than that, it's all from the beginning of the game. Cool. 
You don't sound like you think from, it's cool. Cool. I think it's from, really cool. On a scale, on a scale from one to ten, in terms of your excitement level, where are you at right now? Ten being most excited for Bioshock Infinite. Like six hundred and forty-five. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm very, very excited. It's uh, probably probably weirded out everyone at Irrational. So I, was, I was just hugging them and take, taking <laughs> pictures, kissing them on the neck. <laughs> yeah, I, I would just walk up and ignore them and not introduce myself, but kiss their heads to reward their brains for doing such good things. <laughs> your brain's real wow. good today. <laughs> Make out with your brain. No, yeah, we, we we do have a lot of stuff coming, but um, but to answer your question, no, I, I we didn't uh, we didn't actually sit down and play anything beyond what we'd already seen. Yeah. Beyond. Oh, Greg's back. We talked about dark chocolate versus milk chocolate and a little bit about Bioshock. All right. I can live with all those <laughs> subjects. <laughs> Comments. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Comments. Comments. Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. You're okay. out in the wild world now. You're, you're, you're jet skiing. You're jet setting. You don't know what the hell's going on. No boats. No, I have no... I, I don't know anything that's happening outside these walls. If you wanted to know what games were in stores, where would you go? I would probably uh, check the internet, but if the internet was down, I would go to IGN's official list of upcoming software on all three platforms by the IGN editor. Well done. Nice. Yeah, but if the internet was down, how would you go to IGN's <laughs> list? He'd already downloaded it through his phone. Oh, okay. Already yeah, already, phone. I'm already, I already have the podcast downloaded. Oh, oh, oh I see. That changes, changes everything. <laughs> uh, all right, so the most interesting thing uh, I think this week is that there's six games to pre-order right Holy now. Holy balls. Uh, Bioshock Infinite is available for pre-order. What is that? It's a video game okay. uh, by the Sounds studio dumb. in Boston. Uh, MLB 13, The Show by Sony San Diego. Only for PS3, nothing about Vita. Oh. Uh, Army of Two, The Devil's Cartel from EA. I bet they are beating down the doors to pre-order <laughs> Army of Two, The Devil's Cartel. <laughs> the Walking Dead Survival Instincts, which I noticed is only $50. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tiger Woods PGA Tour four, 14 Wait is that coming out? Yeah apparently They're way ahead That comes out Whoa. in the spring though All the time I guess yeah. uh, An Atelier Ayesha The Alchemist of Dusk Does that outsell Army of Two? Atelier Roasha? Like the skin condition? <laughs> Ayesha Oh sorry Like Ayesha Tyler uh, yeah, yeah, Mario Dawson? Right Correct Okay Atelier uh, your games are dumb Stop naming them Goofy. We want American names like Atelier Jet Ski. PSN Games, Mudfim Motocross World Championship for $34.99. Greg's asleep. Oh, sorry. What are we talking about? And Uncharted 3, Drake's Deception is free, although there are a million caveats that make you want to just buy the game. It's so just the multiplayer that's free. Yeah, Uncharted 3, Drake's Deception is multiplayer is free. Just buy the game so you don't have to deal with all that bullshit. I think it's a good idea. If, you, if you've never played it before, try it out. See if you like it. I just want to reiterate something try real it. quick. You'll like it. I just want to reiterate something real quick. Starting now, you can download Uncharted 3's multiplayer suite, though there are some restrictions. Competitive multiplayer is free only to level 15, and co-op modes aren't free to play at all. Going to level 25 costs $4.99, and removing all cap restrictions costs $19.99. Co-op arena is $9.99, and co-op adventure is $11.99. Just buy the game. Jesus <laughs> <laughs> That's 100% correct. When you, that, as soon as you go to spend that first $5, you should really ask yourself, wait a second. Am I going to spend 30 more? Because <laughs> yeah. it sounds like I might. I think you can probably get it for like under $20 now somewhere. Uh, on Vita, uh, Mudfin Motocross World Championship is also available for $29.99. That indicates to me that there is no cross-play, cross-buy, oh. whatever. Uh, PS1 Classic Persona 2 Eternal Punishment for $9.99. Wake up my <laughs> 
PS2 classic. Dora's Big Birthday Adventure. Finally. Nine ninety nine. God, I've been waiting for more Dora the Explorer. Uh, PlayStation Plus, Pants vs. Zombie on Vita is free today. Nice. Fantastic. Game. I can't. I, I have 95%. I'm probably never going to get that platinum. That was You'll the last. That's a pain, it's it. a pain Damn in the trophy. You're going to get it. Game's a pain in the ass to get the trophies in. Uh... On, uh, let's see, demos. God of War Ascension, single-player demo. Hot. Uh, Zen Pinball 2 Star Wars Hot. table. On Vita, Knit Underground, which is supposed to be pretty good. Yeah, Knit Underground's great. Well, uh, it, you're making me think, though, if Zen, if Zen Pinball Star Wars demo is out, isn't, is the game out? Or how much mm-hmm. longer before you can buy the... Because they wouldn't put them in here, right, because they're in-game pur- purchases. I don't know. I don't I know we need Bobby. Know. Find Bobby. Amos? No. <laughs> oh, I was, okay, yeah. Bobby the Zen Pinball. Lord Sherry Return. Well, know that's not going to help us find her. But I'll, <laughs> I'm going to Google her. Yeah, uh, and Zen Pinball 2 Star Wars also available on Vita. And then there are lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of sales. <laughs> I'm just backing up and picturing us running down asking Bobby Amos about Zen Pinball. Amos. Is it Amos? Yeah. Oh. He gets kind of mad if you say Amos. Oh, well. This got awkward. Panda's giving me a dirty look. Oh, wait. Go. <laughs> <laughs> Colin doesn't know what we're singing because he hasn't played Persona 4 Golden. I do love that soundtrack. Thank that you. Because it's amazing. Cool. And it's the game. I'm never going to play it. Yeah, You're never going to go to the bagel shop either. I'm never going to play it, so there. John Curran, 63, writes into Podcast Beyond. You can write into us too. Beyond at IGN.com. Please do. What's says, that email again? Beyond at IGN.com. What's email? Now PS3 is coming. Nope. Now <laughs> PS4 is coming. It's weird to say PS4. Right? Like, yeah. having emails and talking. I mean, I, yeah, hearing... Was it, it weird to talk to, like, vocally say to Shuhei PS4 and have him well, expect to when get I was, answer? When I was at Hammerstone in New York City and they showed the logo for the first time, I'm like, yeah. this is real. It's a real thing. You know? yeah, like, yeah, you yeah, knew exactly. it was real, but, uh, you know, well, that, I thought it was that, cool. That was one of the coolest moments of their conference, I thought, when they started the conference and it, you know, they did the whole montage and it goes P.S. and then the whole room yeah. went dark. I was like, that's pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah, that was for cool. sure. And then the Sony stocks dropped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah what is that all about? What? That was weird. I don't know, because full means death. Or it looks like death in kanji or something. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah, now you're just opening Colin up the floodgates. Colin Moriarty's yeah. giving you the Kool-Aid. Yep. Everybody uh, get, it's true, though. Everybody I, I get on the comment that's coming by in a second. We, yeah, we, Save we were... you from everybody Obama early. <laughs> um, yeah. Jeez. I was at an event last week oh, that's cool, uh, that I can't talk about yet, but they, they one of the platforms they're on is PS4, and, and hearing a developer say the words PS4 was so weird. Like, it just, it'll be nice when Microsoft announces and we can just talk about everything instead of pretending these things don't exist. John Curran 63 says, Now PS4 is coming. Is there any point in buying PSN games on my PS3? I'm confused as to whether I can play them or not. You can't, but there's no reason not to stop. Exactly. Just plug your PlayStation 3 back in. I just don't get it. Well, I just don't... I mean, and I understand that I'm not the multiplayer guy. You know what I mean? I'm not the guy who's, like, so into Black Ops. Or I'm so, and, like, I guess this is the the one tipping point, right? Like, I will definitely hold on to my PS3 if, for some reason, DC Universe isn't playable on the other one, right? Like, I'll want to jump into that MMO. I like playing that MMO. But, like, you're talking about... If I should download this PSN game, like what? Like you're 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 looking at a Urban Trial freestyle. And you're like, well, I don't know. In in nine months, I might be able to play this on my PS. Like, why would you care? Like, yeah, play the games you want to play now. Don't worry about it. I agree. I mean, I look at it as you know when NES and SNES had like extreme crossover when we were young for like three years. Um, you just keep them both hooked up. I mean, I, I really don't see what the big deal is. I really don't. You're buying a PS4 to play PS4 games. You're not buying a PS4 to play PS3 games. Yeah. I just, I don't... I, I think it's one of those things we've gotten to this, I guess time is the easiest way to say it, where you think that your next device will be the end-all and be-all of that device. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, 
I don't buy iPad 2 thinking, well, I need to keep it on my other iPad. Like, my other iPad's only going to be compatible with Yeah, but those iPads. are iterations. Those are not like... I understand. I understand. But you understand as a consumer, right now, there's this... Every year an iPhone comes out and I just sink to the cloud and it's done. Yeah, but I promise you there's going to be come a time with iPad where you would not be able to play iPad like the iPad games you used to play on it. Like, there's going to be a jump one day where they're just not going to be compatible. Uh, it... Aren't uh, certain iPad games, I guess, on the iPad three or whatever, not compatible with old yeah, iPads? So, yeah, I, like, right. so there you go. I mean, yeah. like, it, you sure. know, but you get all your old shit. Yeah, but it goes both ways. I think. I mean, totally. I, I think that like we have to kind of embrace the fact that tech is going <laughs> to advance, whatever. And and I want people to understand that, as far as I understand, with why PS four doesn't work, it's not because they don't want to make it work. I mean, they obviously don't because they want to sell the games. But there's the, the processor's different. Right. There's no selling. Yeah. That's what the I was PS4. about to hit on. Is the fact that think about it this way. Let's look at it. You've had this whole PlayStation three generation where. You laughed at me, Burpin. No, I'm not laughing. You laughed. I heard you laugh. Maybe you had this whole PlayStation 3 generation where ports from 360 were worse. They didn't run. Bayonetta. You know, there's these games that just did not work because they couldn't give them the time they deserved. Now, so Sony's recognizing it. They're seeing how fucked up that was, and they're doing the other side of the coin where they're saying, all right, we'll get on board with what a normal PC structure is so that... And, like, this this might work out for you in the end that SimCity can actually work on the PS4, Right. Why not? It's a powerful PC. As long as you you fix the interface, and then you already see Diablo coming over. Mm. You're gonna get more games, and the games you were already gonna get are gonna run better. But there's a trade-off. The trade-off being that not everything that was working on a cell processor that was totally complicated and only work. You figure basically it's like the idea of saying Sony's saying right now, right? We're moving to this Xbox 360 sequelish setup. This is how the system is going to run. Which means that all the stuff you engineered for the PS3 that ran specifically for the PS3 won't work on this next device. It sucks. It's not. It's a hard pill to it's follow. Not, it's not ideal, but I, exactly. I, I really don't think it's a big deal. I really don't. And Sony's been very clear, and I think Microsoft has been clear too that like really no one uses backwards compatibility. Like they they were just like it no one uses it. Like so it's not even like an issue for them. Like uh, like some loud people are upset about it, and that's fine. But like the m- vast majority of consumers don't care. Yeah, I and- play. I love video games. I play video games for a living. I don't give a shit. You know that, that, that I can't play right. my old, my old games. Old on my games own. Is I totally old. Well, and it's true though. Like if you took a list of every potential feature of the PS4, and you were like, you can't have one of these. Like that's I'm I'm perfectly willing to give up backwards compatibility in favor of having that PC style architecture that's going to allow. Probably give up motion control first. Well, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent true. true. Thank you, Ryan. But, but I'm just saying, like if if this came at the expense of you know if we lost backwards compatibility, but we gained like having 8 gigs of RAM and having, like, like PC-based architecture that's going to allow ports to basically be the same, I would assume, across the next Xbox and the next or, and PS4, like, that's awesome. That That is worth it, you know, and, and it'll show because, like, you won't have to worry about, like, you won't see PS3 versions of games getting lower scores anymore. Yeah. Right, Panda. Mm. I still think that the uh, Gaikai will let us, uh, you know, go back to our old library. Or, it, it, it that's will. their whole plan. Yeah. So, their whole plan is that Gaikai will think, you yeah, access the entire I, PlayStation I, library. Yeah, I, I really, I'm, I'm getting to the point now where I really hate uh, like putting in an optical disc and like getting totally. out. Like, I just totally. want to play a game. Oh, let's change it over and, and then you just yeah. go back to the menu, go back to the download. That's yeah, me well, on Vita. I have, so, I, have exactly. I own one Vita cartridge. Yeah, like that's the same. I, when I, I talked exactly to Shuhei, you know, I asked. Uh, I, he would not verify the PlayStation Network would be free anymore. And what what that indicated to me, you know, they said they're still working out the models. I think the base PSN will still be free. And I think you'll still be able to play games online. But I think Gaikai is going to become a, a, a pretty pricey subscription service that will, that will enable remote play. I don't think remote play is going to be free. I think I think that's one thing that people might be a little upset about. I, I don't, I'm not positive that, that any Gaikai service is going to be free. I think you're going to pay for it, you know. And I think one of the things you pay for it, and he said, they said that the solution to backwards compatibility is emulation. And so, and the play anything anywhere thing is like their whole mantra. Mm-hmm. So... 
I think I think you're right. I think it's a way for them to sell more games, of course, because they make lots of money on mm-hmm. software, uh, and they don't make a lot of money on hardware. They're going to take a loss on hardware, but. You know, you have to understand that if they were just like, well, we'll put the cell processor in here too, so it's backwards compatible, it just makes the game, the system more expensive. Exactly, that's happened in the past. We've seen that happen with the motion engine and stuff. Like, in uh, PS, wasn't that with uh, PS3? That was the the whole PS2 thing. Or yeah, you couldn't bring PS2 games over natively in the beginning. So, uh, so I mean, what what kind of like annual subscription fee would you? I mean, because like to say if they say you pay seventy nine dollars a year or whatever, uh, yeah, that'll think- give you access to every PS3 game. Via, via the cloud. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be just like remote play, mm-hmm. uh, enabled PlayStation Plus, yeah. uh, like some sort of service like that altogether. I don't think the games are going to be free for subscription. I think you're going to pay for all of them. Well, I mean, they, uh, they I could maintain like $100 a month or $100 a year. Rather. I, yeah. I totally agree with that. And they could maintain the current, like they don't necessarily have to offer like hundreds and hundreds of games. Sure. They could maintain the current like PlayStation Plus structure, right? Yeah. So it's like if you're a member of this service, there are 10 PS3 games that week that you can, you can access and so, you can play. Otherwise, do you think it'll be like an individual? You have to pay for this game, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A la carte, also. Yeah. It would be cool this to have a like... rental service, but th- that would yeah. they'd they'd have so many hoops to jump through. With they could do that with their first party games, probably if they wanted. Yeah. But that's not yeah. what everyone else is going to want. That's true. Third party makes it very complicated. That's a really good point. Stephen Vice writes into Beyond at IGN.com. Good morning, Beyond Crew and Nation. Good morning. <laughs> good morning. I have two questions for you guys today. First off. What, if anything, did you find underwhelming about Sony PlayStation 4 unveiling? It did seem to be an excellent reveal, parentheses, thank you to everyone who's involved with bringing the stream together, end parentheses, period. Square Enix. Square Enix. Yep. Please be excited for E3. Oh, I mean, awful. E- so no. sick of that company's shit. I really am. I really, like, I, I just am. I just don't understand what they're doing. Here's a demo from last year's E3. Aren't. And we have a new Final Fantasy game. By the way, the Final Fantasy game we announced seven years ago isn't done yet. And the Final Fantasy game on Vita isn't done yet. But we're going to announce another Final Fantasy game in addition to the Final Fantasy game at 13.3 that no one wants. Be excited for E3, please. I mean, that one, honestly, as stupid as that was, and I agree with everything you're saying, that was just a shrug for me, right? I didn't think that was bad. I think the we got they got really bogged down in the middle with the tech demos and stuff. Yes. And I get that it's a new console, yes. but like... The David Cage thing confused a lot of people. Like, like you've talked about, a lot of people a thought that. A lot of people meant... wrote into Beyond asking, "Oh my God, are you de- are you upset that you know uh, Beyond has been delayed until PlayStation 4? And it's like, no, that's not what he that's was not, saying. Yeah. He was not saying that. And then the also, this old man game comes out. Well, and I think even internally, right when when Media Molecule was up there, like everyone thought that was a game, and then it was confusing, and it, it was a really long tech demo for something that's not in line with the messaging of the whole rest of the conference. You're hitting exactly on. For, for me, Steven, what the problem was, was they did all these cool games, and then they said, all right, now we're done with games. Let's talk about tech. And it was like, uh, no, don't do this. And they yeah. went down this David Cage, this Square Enix, all these different paths of just like, these things are kind of coming together. Exactly. You know I mean? And like we had seen uh, Agnes Philosophy. We had seen the Elemental demo from Unreal 4. Like, I mean, right. those, those were at last year's it's E3. Like it, it, that doesn't, to me, excite the audience you're trying to excite. This doesn't make for a compelling conference. And GDC is a month away. Like, the, yes. if, you were, if David Cage was to have his own, and I mean, he might, might have his own panel already set up about, hey, this is what we're doing with polygons and why our characters are so advanced and look at this old man and here's what we're doing. That would fascinate the developers in that room. But when you've promoted this thing as the future of PlayStation, NYC, everyone come watch, millions of people are watching, such a small percentage of them are getting what you're saying. What but it's you- even, it, honestly, it's even more simple than that. It just took a lot of time. I mean, it was yeah, like, it was like no, totally. 15, 20 minutes added to that conference. That and then they came turned. out of it and they started talking about more games. And it, was, it was almost that whole like, yeah. are you coming out to talk about, I, I had to go to the bathroom in the middle of it. We were, you know, Damon and I were doing a live show and it was like, 
Square finally came out. And I'm like, nope, don't. You know, okay. everybody's like, this demo's old. I'm like, I'm running to the bathroom. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have to worry about this right now. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the, you know, I was talking to some people, you know, um, about this uh, devs and stuff, and I said that the order was a little messed up in the sense that they should have done the tech demos first if they were going to do them, and that they should have rolled out something from every one of Sony Studios. Um, you know, what's Sony London doing? All these guys are at Polyphony. Um, and then and then showing the third party games and then showing the first party games. Yes. Um, and I think if they did that in that order, it would have been really interesting. But I got to go back. I'm just I just think Square Enix is embarrassing itself at this point. Like I really do. It's just like what are you doing? Like what, what are you do? Like well, you have the nerve to like really come out on the stage during the PlayStation Four event and show something from last year, and that's it. That's and why you're showing? And that's I, what Clements and I talked about. Just like, don't wh- even show up. Exactly. Like it, well, even if you're going to show up, what is wrong with saying? Hey, Final Fantasy 15 will be at E3. Here's the logo. Like, at least do that. Like, I don't understand why you just say a game is coming. And and what I theorize with Clements is that I I feel like they don't know yet. I feel like when they announce that game at E3, it will just be a logo because they're gonna be like, hey, we're starting whatever this game is. I really think it's th- versus 13 that they might be porting it or just cancel the game already. Just be like yeah. and finish Final Fantasy 10 HD for the love of God, please. <laughs> yeah. They showed us those those uh, in in game screens. It's all good. And that's oh, what, so it's almost it's a, done. Yeah. This was like three days after that. Like we had just seen their really weird reveal of here are some just, character models so standing. Still. They're such a weird company, man. Yeah, and and I and I think that you know I think I like the media molecule thing. Just in, like, these guys are weird, and you know you expect David Cage to get all philosophical on stage and stuff like that. I mean, those that's like pretty classic Sony stuff. I mean, for media molecule to just be doing something bizarre is not surprising. I'm a little disappointed in that I want them to do something totally different. You know? Yes. Like when they said they were going to step. I've said this before. When they said they were going to step away from Little Big Plan, I want to see something different. These are all like cartoony, yeah. over the top art games that they're like or art. You know. You know, so you want a first-person shooter? Yeah, no, I, I want. It would be cool to just do something gritty and crazy and different. Like I understand that every every studio has its pedigree, but these guys are not doing anything different from Little Big Planet so far from what we've seen with either Tearaway or like all the new tools they're yeah. making with PlayStation Move and stuff. Like this isn't different. It Wonder just doesn't. Have, it just doesn't have Sackboy in it. That's yeah. that, that is the only difference. That's totally true. Stephen Weiss had a second question. It was only to me though. He says he's from Arizona. They're opening Portillos there. What does he need to order? Ladies and gentlemen, I get this question. This is one of my most asked Twitter questions. If you Google Greg Miller's recommended Portillo order, you'll come to my IGN blog and you'll see exactly <laughs> what to order. So please go do that. Oh, hold on. I had an Australia question. Oh. I'll read it in my Australian accent. I got to see how you do this. This, com- this comes from Nick Sword. Oh, wait, no. This is this was just a goodbye to Ryan. And I sent it to Ryan and he said, no, don't worry about it. Not what I he said, Nick Sword, you mean nothing to me. Did you not say that, Ryan? Were those not your words? No, no those weren't my words, Greg. Well, it's funny that uh, that's what he says. <laughs> now, Nick Sword had a, 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 a success story. Uh, a few hundred episodes ago, Ryan had a little uh, event at the end of the episode where he gave some advice. Ryan, do you want to explain what you did? Yeah, but I think it was because, wasn't it because I had forgot to insert the song, so I went back upstairs to record, like, a proper introduction to the song? Right. Is that what happened? Yes. I think that was the context. And then after I introduced the song, I was like, you know what, I'm going to give a little bit of, I'm just going to have some one-on-one time with the with the listeners. Yeah. And I gave, I just gave some relationship advice, which is kind of my ongoing mantra of, you just got to go for it and have no fear, because that's usually the best bet. To, uh, to talk to a guy or a girl that you're interested in. Yeah. And I, surprisingly, a lot of success stories emerged from that advice. A lot of good stories. And over the weekend, uh, Yair, 
he wrote in. He he saw this girl on Twitter, or he I'm sorry, he wrote into <laughs> me on Twitter. He was at a party, a costume party. Saw this girl dressed as Supergirl. Wanted advice. I gave terrible advice, but he finally went up and talked to this girl. Got her number. Posted a photo of this girl, and she is attractive. Let but me, she was not dressed as Supergirl, though. She, I think she was dressed as Supergirl in her. I, I oh. he was very much in the Clark Kent. Like sure. in his shirt was open. You could see the Superman yeah. symbol. Mm. She she had some low cleavage going on. Oh. I think if we could have continued the photo down, mm. we would have seen. Also, a she was a brunette. Well, again, but I think she's in disguise. I think we should back up and point out that <laughs> Yair has been working out and looks fantastic himself. So I agree with that. That yeah, probably, so that probably a, aided in his quest. He is a team fat quitter, and I don't respect <laughs> that, as always. Uh, but, Ryan, we've talked enough about Nick Sword. Yes. I'm going to read so, his actual email here to you, just so you yeah, know what happens, please. right? Beyond. Loyal Beyond. Australian listener here. Oi! So, with Ryan leaving, I wanted to send you something special. This is even more special to me because only just tonight I took his advice as well as Greg and Ty Roots, and asked for a girl's number at a show. Just randomly saw her at the front and thought, quote, what do you care if she says no, end quote, in Greg's voice. But then Clements came through with his little speech, and I put music behind it a few months back. It's called Message to a Special Someone. Ryan, I'm going to insert in the show. This isn't the official song, podcast being not ending, but we've talked enough about Nick's uh, thing here to do it. Then everybody gets your advice. How do you feel about that, Ryan? Sounds good, brother. Roll it. Because I rarely get the chance to talk to all you guys when we're alone, when we can just listen to each other. I'm going to talk about something that's very important to me. You know what's important? Love. So let's talk about that. For all you guys out there, all you guys and gals, you know that special someone maybe you have a crush on, maybe you've been fawning after for a while, but you're a little too afraid to go after them. Maybe you're not sure if they like you. Maybe they're just friends and you want to take it a step further. Well, guess what? I have faith in you. Today, you should go and give them a little message. Go after it. Maybe give it a shot. Send them a nice note. Talk to them. Give them a call. See how they're doing. Go for it. Ryan Clements from Podcast Beyond supports your endeavors for romantic fulfillment. life a little bit. You'll enjoy it. Ryan. Everyone loves Ryan. Everyone knows Ryan. Uh, this show's been going for a while, and we haven't even inserted anything. It's also, God, it's already 5.30. If we want a chance of getting this up, we should probably just end the show. Yeah, yeah. that's fine. Yeah, it's probably a good idea. Uh, Ryan? Yes? We miss you a lot. I want you to know that. I, I miss you guys, too, and thanks for letting me call in. I will be, I'm excited to call in and chat with you guys and show up at further podcasts in the future. You know you're welcome back as soon as your new employer... I'm getting. I'm guessing Krispy Kreme, but I'm just throwing a rock at the house. I don't know. Maybe that's right. Maybe that's not right. What if you worked at like, actually, a, like a meat I'm store? I'm actually. I'm going to be directing the next Final Fantasy, and it's called Final Fantasy 15: More Lightning. I can't. I can't wait for N4G to pick that up. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if you love Podcast Beyond, I just kicked out my headphones, so I can't hear Ryan the rest of the show. I want you to know. Uh, if you love Podcast Beyond, please rate us on iTunes, share it with your friends, tell people about the show so they listen to it and we keep growing like a virus. Right, Panda.
Like a dirty virus. Like a dirty <laughs> virus. Why it's got to be dirty? What are you trying to say? That's what okay, viruses are. Good viruses. Then come to IGN.com, watch our uh, video reviews, read the reviews, read the previews, look at all the news stories Andrew Goldfarb posts because he posts quite a bit. That's me. I'm going to go right one in a second. Oh, awesome. You're going to be here forever. Sorry I kept you so long. That's fine. Then go to Twitter. Follow us there. At IGN is IGN. I'm at Game Over Greggy. Colin is at No Taxation. Ryan Clements is at Pwam Cider. That's where you can reach him. Send him all your love there. Ryan, do you have a Facebook page you want to promote? A lot of people want to send you long letters. I, uh, man, I do have a Facebook. I think you can still message me on Facebook. And Wait, can Greg even hear me? Uh, I yeah. can kind of hear yeah. you. I can they, only hear you out of one headphone. They have to pay a dollar. Okay. That's not a joke. You have uh, to pay a dollar now to message someone you're not friends with. What? Yeah. What? Really? That's yes. not true. Yes, it is. I, know, actually, I tweeted right. about it when it happened. Yeah, that is a real thing. Oh. That's awful. Well, I don't want people that have to pay to get in contact with me. Well, just boil your message down to 140 characters and talk to Ryan on Twitter. Palm Cider. How about that? Yes. All right. Andrew Goldfarb is Garfep Panda Musk. Believe it or not, Panda Musk. I don't know how that name wasn't taken. Ryan, take yes. me home. Sounds good. We end every show with a song. And uh, if you would like to send your musical submissions, which Greg will, I'm sure, help with in the future, you can send them to beyond at IGN.com. I'm lazy and just going back to singing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, uh, I obviously adore and cherish all the musical submissions that we get because I think it's fantastic that our community is musical, loves sharing their music. Uh, I do have a few favorites that I must admit, including Danny, who uh, is a musical genius and composed The World is Saved. Uh, Panda Musk animated. Very well. And, uh, yes, the Panama Scandal. Uh, and I also have always been a fan of Life in 24 Frames because that crew has been very kind, very supportive of the show, uh, and they uh, were even in recently for a live performance. Uh, and I actually thought uh, Chris, uh, the uh, lead and kind of founder of Life in 24 Frames, uh, sent me the studio version of Bitter End, which they played during the live performance. And I really liked this version. I thought it would be kind of a cool uh, and cute way to end the show in which the announcement of my le- uh, leaving of IGN was made available. That doesn't really make any sense because it was kind of already unveiled on Twitter. The you know, leaving so. of my IGN <laughs> made available. You know what I mean. I can't speak. We just that's love it. I don't worry. That's why I was laid off. Oh, oh Ryan! Too soon. You were laid off because you got in shape. I told you, don't quit, don't quit Team <laughs> Fat. <laughs> don't. Um, but anyway, so yeah, the, uh, this is Life in 24 Frames. Uh, this is their song, Bitter End. And actually, I was just talking with Chris before the show. He mentioned if you guys, any of you Beyond listeners, want to email Chris, um, they will be happy to send you download codes where you can go on iTunes and get a free copy of their original album, which is called Time Trails. Uh, it's a very cool album. So just email Chris. Uh, it's just band at lifein24frames.com. 24 is the number 24. Uh, and just let him know that you guys are interested in getting a free album, and he will send you a code, which is very nice of him. And he, I believe he has shirts, T-shirts as well to give away, but I'm not really sure how he wants to do that. Demand T-shirts. So, yeah, I'll take a shirt. Okay. <laughs> I already have anyway, one. Uh, please enjoy Bitter End, and uh, this has been another episode of Podcast Beyond. Thank Ru- you for listening to me over my phone. Ryan, give us, just all by yourself, the final Beyond. Beyond. Again. So try not to fall in love again. 
Like to go back again. 